0: I'm very happy to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Uh, I think this is a great way when you have people from other churches to, to, to share the love of Christ, how these churches were for each other and, and were not against each other. And so I think that's a great way to show it. Uh, so Lydia and I, my wife, we recently went apartment shopping. Uh, and we all know that kind of route, right? And so uh, Lydia and I, we lived in a uh, studio apartment. And, or an efficiency. And what that means is that there's no rooms, right? Every, you can see everything. You can see the dining room, you can see the bedroom, you can see the living room. Uh, and, and to be honest, we really enjoyed this place. Uh, although it was small, we really enjoyed it. We made it our home. We made it very uh, I guess decorated to our own liking. And every time that I would come home, uh, I would actually feel like I'm going home and, and not one of these holes I used to live in back in college, right? Uh, And so as we started doing some apartment shopping, you get to see these really nice apartments. We probably got to see six in person, you know, because you do some online stuff. And they have these demo apartments, right? They're all nicely furnished. They got all the nice decoration. You guys have seen them. They just look impeccable. And every time that I would come home from seeing these apartments, my apartment just got smaller and smaller. And as I began to compare it, I had more negative thoughts in my mind about this apartment, but it wasn't that there was anything wrong with the apartment that I had. The Lord provided that in the right time. It was just that as soon as I started comparing what I had with something newer, things got worse in my mind. And so on the topic of of comparison, there was a recent study by the American Psychological Association just this past year, 2013. And so what they sought to examine was that if, if negatively comparing yourself to others on Facebook caused uh, symptoms of depression and, and also of rum- rumination. What that fancy word means that I can't pronounce is just repetitive focus on your distress that you have. So you're inwardly looking all the time, man, look at my problems, look at my problems, this kind of thing. And, and so their hypothesis was correct. Uh, there, was a, there was a significant um, correlation. There was a significant uh, link with symptoms of depression whenever they started negatively comparing themselves to people on Facebook. Uh, and so it, it didn't mean that because they were on Facebook for a really long time that they, ha- they had these symptoms. Instead, it was the quality time that they, ha- that they were spending on Facebook. So for example, you can be on Facebook all day long and not negatively compare yourself to people, but if you just spend 10 minutes and you were in this sort of quality time where you're just negatively comparing yourself to people, it was worse than being there all day. Now, um, when we're talking about comparison, uh, Facebook is the perfect hole to do this at, right? Because Facebook has a lot of characteristics of people on there. You have their appearance, their physical, their physical appearance on there, and sometimes you have too much of it, right? whole lot of pictures, and it's always the best side of people, right? They're never going to show you an ugly picture of themselves, You also have popularity on there, right? Hey, man, uh, you know, you get all these shares and comments and likes, and you see somebody, and you're like, man, why are they getting all these comments? And they also have the success on there. Hey, look at my new job. Hey, look at my new car. Hey, I just got a promotion. Hey, check out what my church is doing. And just one more quick fact about that study. They cited another study, and this study, what they sought out to do was, when people compare themselves to profile pictures of the same sex, but that they thought were more attractive than they were, they grew these symptoms of depression. But whenever they compared themselves to people that they thought were not as attractive as they were, they didn't have these symptoms. So you get the point. You get the point that comparing ourselves to other is harmful. It's really harmful. If anything, it is lethal. Um, it's probably the worst thing that we can do, and it's a great way to guarantee depression. Um, and it's harmful because of two things. We either do one or the other, or maybe sometimes both. We either put people down, right? So it looks like this. It looks like, okay, well, I know I'm overweight, but I'm not as bad as that person over there, that kind of thing. Or or the other way that we can go is we put ourselves down, right? And sometimes that is far worse because we compare ourselves to others. Does this describe your life? Does this describe your life? Uh, do you find yourself constantly comparing yourself to others? Do you say to yourself, man, why can't I be as socially outgoing as so-and-so? Why am I not as attractive? Why don't I have that job? Why are my friends married and I'm not? Or why am I married and I'm not? And if you, if you say that, then you've got to go to marriage counseling, right? If you're saying, "Why well, I am married and I'm not. So what I want to do today with you guys is I want to address how we can stop this habit. Because this is a bad habit, and, and we just need to replace it with a good habit. Um, and so when Felix told me that, that I could speak with you guys uh, on anything that I want or any topic, I couldn't think of a more relevant topic to our self-focused culture that we live in, right? We're, we're, come on, we're the guys that came up with selfies. It's all about us, right? And this is, this is really bad. So, um... With all this technology, it is so easy to compare ourselves to each other. And even if we don't have this technology, I'm not bashing on it. I think there are some big miracles that we can do with it now. Uh, But with this technology, we have to be really careful. And just with other people. So some things before we start. Uh, First of all, I want you to know that I'm preaching to myself up here. Right? Like, I do this all the time. And I need to be on guard on this. And and this, uh, this message was originally delivered by a philosopher. His name is JP Moreland. And, and to be honest, uh, what the content of this message and the practicality of it, just the practical stuff that we can do with it, really took some heavy chains off of my back because I do this so much. And I realized that I do this. I didn't know that I did it as much as I thought I did. And so that's what I've been praying for you. Uh, I've been praying that, that God, whoever came here to Impact City today, uh, would be liberated from some of these heavy chains. And so that's been my prayer for you. So, before we begin talking about how do we solve this issue of comparing ourselves to each other, we need to address an obvious question, right? Uh, and that question is, okay, Bernardo, is it always bad to compare ourselves to other people? And the simple answer to that is no. It, it is not always bad. There are two, there, there, are, there are more than two. Um, there are several places where in the scriptures in the New Testament, we are asked to imitate uh, people that are more mature uh, in their faith than we are. Uh, one, one place is in 1 Corinthians 11. You don't have to turn there with me. I think we may have some slides on there. Um, no, it's okay. No worries. I'll just read it to you guys. 1 Corinthians 11:1 says, this is Paul speaking, right? He's speaking to the church in Corinth. He says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So he's saying, hey, imitate me as I imitate Jesus. That's what he's saying. And earlier on in that chapter, in in chapter 14 and verse 15, he encourages him. He says the same thing. Hey, imitate me. But then he says, hey, I'm going to send you Timothy. Now, who is Timothy? Timothy is is the disciple of Paul. Timothy is the student of Paul, and he was imitating Paul. So he's saying, hey, imitate me, but also I'm sending you Timothy. Who is my, he calls him his spiritual son is what he calls him. So he's saying, here you go, I'm going to send a representative of him, of myself. So the thing is that if we're going to imitate somebody, uh, I better hope that they're better than us at, at whatever we're trying to get better at, right? Because then it would be pointless. And so, and this is, this is just common sense. Like if you're trying to get good at tennis, you want to imitate someone that's good at tennis, Right? Or if you want to become better at something and you want to imitate someone that's better at praying, you know, you look for someone that's better at praying. Or at money management, you want to imitate someone that's better at money management. And so the purpose for this comparison is edification. What that fancy word just means is that it's to improve something. It is to improve, the the dictionary definition is to improve your morality, but in this case it's to improve your discipleship as a disciple of Jesus. Now there's another place in Scripture Uh, Where it's appropriate to compare ourselves to other people it is it is healthy And by the way that last one is very healthy to do It is a good thing to compare yourself to people that are better than you for your improvement The second place where it's okay to compare ourselves to others and it's actually required to uh, It's in galatians 6 1 You can turn there with me or you can listen to to me read it So we're required to do this. This is what it says brothers If someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently, but watch yourself, or you will also be tempted. So, pretty self-explanatory. Hey, if someone is caught in a sin, uh, you need to restore him, uh, but you need to do it gently. Okay? Well, that means that we actually have to judge that person, right? Because we have to compare ourselves, those who are more spiritual, just more mature in your faith, that's what it's trying to say, we have to compare ourselves in order to see if we're qualified to admonish this person, and so that we can strengthen this person. And, and some of you right now are thinking, wait, Bernardo, uh, judge not lest you be judged, right, man? Right? That's what, that's what Jesus said. And, and so I need to go in a little rabbit trail, right? So we're talking about social comparison, but we're, I'm going to go in a rabbit trail about this, because this is really important, and, and I need you to focus in on this one. So the simple answer to to that question, hey man, but I thought thought Jesus said don't judge each other. What about Paul? So does that mean that they're going against each other? Does that mean that the Bible's going against each other? The simple answer is no, of course not. In Matthew 7, 1, when Jesus says this, the word that he uses for judge uh, means to condemn, right? But when Paul uses the word, he's talking about discerning judgment to evaluate, to be able to tell right from wrong. You guys do this all the time. I do this all the time. When you walk outside of the door, you make judgments. Is this the right thing to do? Is this the the wrong thing to do? Should I take this left? Should I take that right? And so this is something that we do all the time. Um, And by the way, misunderstanding Matthew 7-1 has been one of the biggest detriment to the church here in the U.S. Because we hide behind this verse, right? We don't confront sin. And we look just like the word. For those of us that call yourself a disciple of Jesus, the problem with that is that the world that's not following Jesus is looking in and they're looking at these churches and they're saying, you look like everybody else. You slander one another. You gossip. You do the very same things that you tell us not to do. And so that's a misunderstanding of that verse. Jesus did not mean that we should accept everything without using our minds and thinking critically about things. So I'm going to try to win you over. Let me show you some places in the scripture so I can back up what I'm saying. This is, these are Jesus' words. It's John 7, 24. It says, Do not judge according to external appearances, but judge with proper judgment. Jesus is telling us to judge with proper judgment. And the context for that is the Jews were asking Jesus, Man, where did this guy get his teachings from? And they're making these assumptions just based on his appearance. And so he's telling them, hey, you guys are not making right judgments on us. And, the, and then they call him demon possessed. Here's another one. Matthew 7:15. It says, watch out for false prophets. You know this one. Who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ferocious wolves. Well, you have to be able to say, hey, that's a wolf, right? You have to be able to say, hey, no, that's a sheep. They're okay. You have to evaluate. You have to judge. Here's another one. This is a great one. James 5, 19. This is the brother of Jesus. My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. How do you turn someone that's wandering from the truth without discerning that they're not in the truth? And then how do you turn someone when they're walking away from the truth without confrontation. You have to do this. You can't just sit back. And you have to do that speaking the truth in love. Um, Galatians 2.11 Paul rebukes Peter because assessing the scripture that he was acting out of line. The scripture says when Peter came to Antioch I opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. Here we go again. And this is the last one I got for you. Ephesians 5.11, um, Paul writes, excuse me, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. Rather, expose them. So here in the scripture, we are called, for those that are following Jesus, to expose the darkness in our, in our, in our followers of Jesus' friends' lives. And, and if you're thinking, if you're, if you're here and you're trying to follow Jesus and you're saying, man, I, I'm just not an expert. I'm just not an expert. I don't know how I could expose someone's sin and love. Um, let me ask you, have y'all ever been injured? Like, have you ever cut yourself? Right? You ever, and I'm not just trying to get, get gross. get gross. Uh, have you ever seen, like, flesh, right, when someone gets cut? Okay, you don't have to be a surgeon to know that that ain't right, right? Like, that just don't look right. I don't need to go to Mescal to know that. And it is the same way with some of these relationships and friendships, People walk in, and we just know that ain't right, right? Our personal, their personalities, or maybe our personalities, are just glaring these things, and it's so obvious. And we do more damage by being quiet bystanders. So let me encourage you, if you're trying to follow Jesus today, as James said, be doers of the word, not just listeners. Not just listeners. Love your friends enough to tell them that they're wrong. And I'll give you a quick one. This is probably not the nice thing to do, but next time someone says to you, hey, bro, like, don't, don't judge me. That's what the Bible says, right? You could say, well, aren't you judging me by me judging you, right? It's a logical fallacy. It's, a, it's, it's illogical, and that's not what Jesus meant. That's not what the Scripture meant. So, okay, that's the rabbit trail, right? So, so, so what I just did right now is I just showed you uh, there are several places where we see in the Scripture that it's okay to compare ourselves to other people. Uh, I told you that th- it's okay when we want to imitate believers that, have, that are stronger in the faith, that are more mature, and so we want to become like them, and so we want to imitate them. That's healthy. But other places, when a brother is caught in a sin, uh, and we want to restore him, so we must evaluate ourselves to compare ourselves to them so that we can restore them, right? So these are perfectly fine. But unfortunately... 90% of the time, we don't do that, right? <laughs> because 90% of the time, we use it to put people down. Uh, either to make ourselves feel good about ourselves, or to make ourselves feel bad because we just don't measure up. And so how can we break this habit? How can we break this bad habit? I think that we, the way that we can stop this habit is by first identifying, hey, why do we do this? Why, do we, why, do are, we, why are we engaged in this sort of habit the Bible have to say about this? Why does it say why we do this? And I think that's the key to stopping this habit. And so this is where where I'm going to get the ball rolling on this. So I want to say to you this morning that there are two reasons why we engage in destructive comparison to other people. Two reasons. And I want to look at the scriptures to provide the solution. So first, we compare ourselves to others in order to get our significance needs met. We compare ourselves to others to get our significance needs met. And so we compare ourselves uh, to other people to make sure that we're important, to make sure that we're with it, to make sure that, man, am I okay, to make sure that, hey, I'm worthy of being liked, or or just to make sure that we're not as bad as other people. The thing is that when we compare ourselves to other people to gain significance from others um, is that you give people the power to minimize. You give people the power to minimize you and to make you really small because it's up to them to say, you know, whether you're good or not. And they're allowed to say you don't measure up. They're allowed to say you're not good enough. And this is really dangerous. This is very, very dangerous. So what's the solution to this? I think it's found in 1 Corinthians 4. And so I think that's the slide that, that, that I need up here. Um, this is where we're going to camp out. So if you want to turn with me, uh, either look at the screen Um, It's 1 Corinthians 4. And if you got your Bibles with you, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, 1 Corinthians. I'm just kidding. No, it's not. So, before we start, I need to give you the context, right? We don't want to pull things out of context. So, when Paul is writing this letter to the people in Corinth, uh, there are folks that are comparing Paul uh, to other apostles because they're saying, hey, you don't measure up Paul, They're they're preferring Apollos, they're preferring Peter, um, and they're rejecting his teaching, and they're even rejecting Paul's authority. And so quarrels break out, and... They were putting him down because they weren't living up to his expectations. At that time in history, uh, there were schools, there were philosophical schools in Greece, and it was just very common that they would say, hey, your leader is not good as my leader, your philosopher is not good as my philosopher. But the thing is that that's not how it goes in the house of God. And so this is when Paul replies to that. And so this is, this is the context that we have in mind. Now the temptation was for Paul to compare himself to, de- to defend himself. And if you look in Philippians 4, I'm sorry, Philippians 3, he has a really impressive resume. So Paul could have easily been said like, hey man, Jesus appeared to me on the road. Uh, oh, I just forgot the name. On the, uh, on, he appeared to me on the road and I saw the risen Lord. Right? He could have said so many things. He, he was raised by rabbis, but he didn't go there. He, he, he did not engage in that behavior. So here we go. Now in that context, so keep that frame in mind. This is what it says. First verse. This is how one should regard us. By the way, if you want a good Twitter profile, you want to copy this. This is how one should regard us. As a servant of Christ and steward of the mysteries of God. In other words, what Paul is saying, hey, if you're going to evaluate me, don't evaluate me by my intelligence, by my looks, by my speaking ability, am I impressive in person? Don't do that. You evaluate me in terms of my stewardship to the servanthood of Jesus Christ. That's how you compare myself. Here goes, verse 2. Moreover, it is required for stewards that they be found faithful. Now then, what he's saying is that that we have the right, that he had the right, to evaluate ourselves to see, hey, how well am I being at being a follower of Jesus? How well am I doing? And, And that is a good thing. That is a great question to ask you're trying to follow jesus and it continues but with me it is a very small thing that i should be judged by you or by any human court in fact i don't even judge myself he's saying i don't compare myself to other people i just don't engage in that kind of behavior then it says for i am not aware of anything against myself excuse me but i am not thereby acquitted It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purpose of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. What is Paul saying? If when we begin to go down the road of comparing ourselves to others, we got to say, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Bernardo. Don't go down that way. I'm going to remind myself that I live before an audience of one person. Right? And that is God. That's your only audience. And my significance doesn't come with how well I do compared to other people. My significance comes from an audience of one and whether or not I'm being a good steward of what God has given me. And I'm just not talking... And what I mean by steward, I mean manager. A good manager of what God has given me. And I'm not talking about just resources. I'm talking about talent. I'm talking about the job that you work at. So... Uh, I'll give you an example. Let's just say you've been called to be a leader of an organization, right? And you start going down the road, man, why am I not like that guy? Man, why are they successful and I am not? Instead, you remind yourself, okay, God, I think you have called me to do this thing right here and I'm going to compare myself in terms of my faithfulness to you and making progress in this area and getting really good at being me for your glory. Um, But when you start saying, man, I've failed at this. I've messed up at this before. And it can be for anything that you guys have in your minds right now. uh, Then you stop yourself because then you're just comparing yourself to your old self, right? You're just comparing yourself to yourself instead of comparing yourself to what's going on in the moment, what's going on right now in front of the Lord. And I want you to catch this. Whenever you engage in this habit, Every time you have the opportunity to negatively compare yourself to other people, this becomes a habit to transform it into an opportunity to rededicate yourself to the Lord and say, I'm going to be a good steward right now. L- let me give you an example from my own life. Uh, so God has called me in this season to be, to be a seminary student, so to be a student, and to also be part of this organization, this college ministry. Now, there, there are other people in these two lines of work that are far better than me. There's people that are my age that have achieved a whole lot more in academics than I have, right? And there are people in ministry that are doing a way much better job than I am. And so these specific people, uh, when I find myself comparing to self to these people that are far better than I am, it's always a no-win situation. I am always going to lose because the truth is that they are just far better than I am. And so when I catch myself going that direction, I have to say, okay, Bernardo, I need to stop, and I need to remind myself that my significance does not come with how well I'm doing compared to those people. and set us to the Lord. And am I making progress in this? So I can get up in the mornings and say, okay, God, I want to be really good at being who you've made me to be and to be aligned with your scripture You be a steward of what you've given me. And so this makes me ask a couple of questions. And so you're going to have to think of some of your questions for yourself if you struggle with this. So for me, as a student and as a minister, I have to ask, okay, am I completing my, my assignments and my readings on time? Uh, am I being a good steward of my time? Am I meeting with college students regularly? Am I using my time wisely in my discipleship time? Am I growing in friendship with the students? Am I getting the respect? Am I loving them well? This is just my, my line of work. And that's healthy because it is for the improvement and the edification of myself to become a better steward at that. And so, just to, just a little recap where we are now. Um, what you don't want to do, so what what you don't want to do is compare yourself uh, to yourself to get your significance needs, or to compare yourself to other people in order to get your significance needs. Because you either go two ways: you either minimize people and make them small, or you make yourself small and you make yourself feel bad. And so, you do what Paul reminded you to, reminds us to do, which is. Remember that you're in front of an audience of one. So this is the first reason. The first reason why we do this is to get our significance needs met. Here's the second reason. The second reason why we might negatively compare ourselves to other people is to get our belongingness needs. Is to get our belongingness needs. So if, if comparing ourselves to others is rooted in, in belongingness, um, then we give people the power to isolate we get people the power to isolate us and for us to feel lonely. Because we want to be assured that we belong to something. And so we, it might look like this. We might say, you know, uh, I'm worthy of being part of this group because I'm not as bad as that other guy. or I'm not as bad as these folks. Um, or I'm a legitimate person at the workplace because there are a lot more people that are a whole lot lazier than me. Hey, I'm a good student. For those of the students in here... They're a lot worse students than I am, right? So you get the point. If the comparison is rooted in belongingness needs, then uh, you will become a person who withdraws himself and isolates himself because you always fail up to live up to what we compare ourselves to. You will always fail. We will feel inferior, we will feel like we don't belong, and we will withdraw socially. Um, And and this is just a, a good psychological fact I'm not a psychologist, but one of the main causes for isolation is comparing yourself to other people. Because you just feel like you don't belong. So how do we break this habit? I think that we can find the answer in the scriptures, and I think it's found in 1 Corinthians 12. Um, And and to be honest, this this passage of scripture, chapter 12, um, has lifted up a lot of weight off of my shoulder, because it gives a grand picture of things. And so if you could flip there with me chapter 12. I'm going to start on verse 4. Awesome. this? Uh, so, first of all, the context here is, as Paul is talking about, for those that are followers of Jesus, uh, we gain gifts through the Holy Spirit. That's, that's the context. You've probably read it before. It says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit now, he's, he's talking about spiritual gifts here in the text. But, but I don't think that if we go as far as talking about natural talents, that we will violate the text. Because Paul wasn't limiting those to be the only ones, right? So we can also include here natural gifts such as music, sports, writing, hospitality, mercy, just other things that we're naturally good at. And it says this, And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord... So we're not all called to do the same ministry. We're not all called to have the same job. And then it continues, it says, And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. So the word varieties uh, can also be translated to effects. And so what it's trying to say here is that, hey, someone can have your gift, but they just might be better at your gift, therefore they're going to have more effect. That's what it's trying to say. Some people, you may have the same talent as someone, but they might just be better than you. Some people might be better at pastoring, music, business. Then verse 7. To each is giving the manifestation of the Spirit for... So that I can feel good? No, right? That's not what it says. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For the common good, Right? So, so we got, we got to stop thinking about ourselves, right? And it is for the betterment of, of the rest of the team, right? So our gifts are supposed to help the church, the body of Christ. It is for the whole team. And you see, if, if you start comparing yourself to other people in order to get your belongingness need, then you will either put, yourself, put people down or you will put yourself down by withdrawing. And, and when you do that, you don't bring your best to the table. Right, you're coming all hurt and bent, and so people don't get the best out of you, and so that's an issue. And Paul says, um, you, in order to overcome this habit, you need to remember you're part of a larger team. And, and I don't know how else to say it, um, but but there's nobody else that can play your role, right? Uh, I don't know your family circumstances. I don't know where you were when you were raised. I don't know your coworkers that you work at. Um, I don't know your neighbors. I don't know your friends. I don't know the demands you have in your life. I don't know your to-do list. I don't know what you got going on today. Uh, And there's no way that I'm smart enough that I can say, hey, you're doing a really good job at what you're doing. I can't evaluate that. I can't make a good judgment on that. But God is. God is. And, and God says that he has put you where you live and where you are in ministry um, so that you would bloom for the improvement of the whole team. That's why he has placed you here. So let me, let me think about my own situation, my school, and my ministry. Um, I will never be able to be good as some of these students, like I mentioned, uh, some of these really famous people that I look up to, which is kind of silly. Um, and, and when I start telling myself, hey, you just don't belong, Bernardo. You're just not good enough. Um, I'm not as good as, as they are. Therefore, man, my gift must just not be... I might as well not use it. This kind of stuff. That's not helpful at all, right? That's not benefiting, benefiting you. That's not benefiting anybody when you start ha- having the self-talk. So then you say, wait a minute. This guy and I, we're on the same team. So whenever he wins, I win also. So whenever that somebody is, is in the team of God, whenever they win... This is a win for me. We're on the same team. So uh, my job isn't to play his position. That's not my job. Their job is to do their job, and my job is to do my job. And so one thing that we have to keep in mind uh, when we're talking about this issue about self-talk, right? uh, I just want to ask you, hey, how are you doing when you speak to yourself? How are these conversations that are going on in your mind? Sometimes we speak to ourselves in the worst way, right? We, we speak to ourselves in ways that we would never even dare to speak to like our, our, a really close friend, right? And when we speak to ourselves even in ways that we would never talk to our worst enemy. And this is so harmful. And, and these are ways that God would never dare to speak of us, right? And so the way that you can grow is also... How are you speaking to yourself? What lies are you believing? And what truth are you telling yourself? And so when it comes to things such as physical appearance, talents, or any sort of these issues where you're putting yourself down, I want you to remind yourself, hey, what, 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 has, what does God have to say about you? And that means that you have to dig in the Word and see what He actually thinks about you. Memorize some scriptures. And, and if you're thinking, man, that's corny or that's lame or whatever it may be, I would have to ask you, hey man, do you believe that the Word of God is the Word of God? Do you believe the Bible is the Word of God? And then we can have a better conversation, right? Because if you believe what the Scripture says, then that should implement everything that you're doing in your life. So, uh, we can either continue comparing ourselves to others and and guarantee depression, uh, but I hope that what I shared with you, now we know how to break this habit. Now we know how to do this. And so just wrapping it up, if you are comparing yourself to others to get your significance needs, remind yourself, be like, okay, Bernardo, stop right there. Uh, I need to remind myself of what's going on. Lord Jesus, um, my life is lived before you and nobody else. Uh, My significance comes from how well I'm being at being a disciple. And I rededicate myself to you right now. And if it it stems from belongingness needs, then you have to say, okay, I need to stop. Wait a minute. Um, I don't have their role, right? They need to play their role, and I need to play my role. Lord Jesus, I think this is so important. Help me to be content where I am at. Help me to be content where I am at. You have given me some of these things. Let me be really good at doing that. Instead of trying to measure myself by whether or not I'm playing someone else's role. because That's just not the truth. Um, and, and here's some other things Maybe, I, I touched on Facebook a little bit I, I'm not anti-Facebook um, I, I need to learn to live with it, right? And so maybe some of us are some of these uh, Are some of us that, that just stare at our screens all day and, and that this is a place where we compare ourselves To other people all the time Like multiple times a day and, and so I just want to tell you, hey, maybe you need to take away that source of comparison. You're not going to—we've we, been without cell phones before, okay? Uh, and I've had to do this in my own life. This is why I'm bringing it up. So I have to live my time on Facebook, and right as soon as I start going down that road or Twitter, I just need to say, okay, Bernardo, and I remind myself of these prayers. Let me be content. Let me be good at who I am for your glory. And so, um, hey, I, I, know, I know that this is kind of a heavy topic uh, for those of us that this is resonating with, um, and, and, I, and, and it is. And it's okay to think this is kind of heavy when it comes to comparing ourselves to others. But uh, as I pray us out, as we, as we close this time, I just want you to use that time, not, not so much to listen to what I'm praying, but to start that conversation with God. Hey God, I struggle with this, Lord. I, I really struggle with my significance and needs based on others, or my belonging and needs. And I just encourage you, bring that to light to the Lord and begin having those conversations with me. Um, I just know that sometimes we leave church, and, and, and naturally we just kind of forget what we just learned, right? As soon as we get home, I know that I do that sometimes. And so I just want to make sure that you use this time. And so can you guys bow your head and pray with me? Uh, Jesus, thank you for this time. Uh, thank you that we can look at your word to inform uh, relevant issues. Um, Lord, I pray that anything that aligns with your word that, I, that has come out of my mouth, Lord, uh, that will stick with my friends here uh, for the rest of the day, and perhaps for these weeks to meditate on it, Lord. And if anything that steps outside of your word, Lord, I pray that they forget it as soon as they walk out of the door. More importantly, Lord, I, I pray that you liberate us from these chains of comparison, Lord. I struggle with this. Uh, I know that a lot of us in this room struggle with this, Lord. And so I pray that you will release us from that. I pray that you give us really practical ways. I pray that you help us to have really good self-talk. I pray that you remind us of Scripture that speaks to you. Um, and I pray for anybody in here that, that doesn't know you, Lord, that, that maybe it's the first time at church, or maybe it's been a long time. Um, God, I pray that they may see through what we've studied uh, that this is the gospel, that, that, that you knew that we would never live up to what we were called to do, right? And we, and we turned away from you. And then you brought your son to pay on our behalf so that we may be put in the right relationship with you so that we may be called sons of God again. So I pray for those that don't know you that might be in this room. I'm not sure. Um, I pray that they will come to know you, Lord. And I pray that they'll just give you a chance. I pray that they will come and taste and see that you are good and that there is freedom outside of what the world tells us that is that makes us believe it's so tasty and it's so good, but really we walk away in shame and in isolation, and we wake up every morning thinking, why did I do this? So I pray for that liberation for my friends. In Jesus' name. Amen. My faith